Hello, and welcome back to A Text and Abroad. This is the 28th in my series of 30 political conversations, video podcasts I'll be doing that will end this Monday, the day before the U.S. election. Uh, We'll finally figure out what's going to happen. Maybe not on Tuesday, uh, maybe a few days later, who knows, but I think uh, everyone's eagerly anticipating it. You can catch the video versions on my Instagram feed, a.texan.abroad, or the audio versions on my uh, podcast feed, A Texan Abroad, available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Find me in either place, subscribe, rate, review, let me know how I'm doing and what you're thinking about what I'm saying. Uh, This is the second uh, of my 28th that I've done so far that has actually been done inside a nice little pub. Uh, I am here in St. Petersburg, Russia, and this is a phenomenal little beer bar that I found. So hopefully with a little bit of a wet whistle, I'm able to speak a little bit more clearly than most nights. Or maybe not. I guess we'll find out over the next 15 minutes. Um, We spoke last night a little bit about the U.S. military, uh, specifically abroad, and it's one of the main instruments that the U.S. uses um, kind of in influencing and kind of um, engaging in other countries abroad, sadly. Um, But now I'd like to kind of zoom out a little bit further and just talk about U.S. foreign policy and the idea of uh, the U.S. as an international kind of leader. Um, And the first question that I would would pose is, should the U.S. um, continue to retract itself from the international community the way that Trump has started to do over the last four years? He's not the first one to talk about it. Actually, one of the things that I remember about uh, when I was studying many years ago in school was that George Washington himself actually mentioned the dangers, the peril that can come in sticking your nose in international affairs in the business of other countries. Um, and without doubt, without a doubt, there are negatives, there are cons, there are downsides. To doing just that, as I think the U.S. has experienced and understands all too well. But the question actually does still exist. Should we continue to retract? Should we reverse course? Should we stay where we are right now? What is the best kind of option? For me, it's not much of a choice. And we'll go through a little bit of the pros and cons on both sides uh, of this issue. But I actually would just turn the president's motto upon himself which is the slogan that he had, which is, Make America Great Again. Um, One of the things that even when that slogan came out initially, uh, four years ago, I won't say that I took offense to it, but I said, I would say that I found something deeply erroneous about it, the idea that America had fallen off. I think every country and every person, every company, every entity uh, is under more scrutiny, a heightened level of scrutiny. And uh, we look at things in such a different way now because we all have our own prisms. We all have our own little echo chambers that allow us to think the world is a great place or a terrible place, um, you know, a place of evil. Or, and, and every company, every country, there is information, there is data, and there are people yelling and screaming from every corner about every particular issue. So whatever your belief is, you can look at it in however you deem fit. So yes, there is a lot, um, a lot of negative um, comments and thoughts about the U.S.'s role abroad. I don't, and generally about the U.S. being in some sort of decline. Uh, 
I would argue vehemently against that, actually, uh, to, to say that actually the U.S. has continued to maintain its dominance, its uh, amazing ability to cultivate both the culture and business and artists and uh, scientists and everything of every kind of shape and color that you could possibly imagine. Not without its hurdles, not without its speed bumps and kind of errors along the way, but that's, again, with most people. And the idea that we should retract from abroad, that we should actually focus on the issues at home as opposed to the issues that affect all of us as an entire world, I think it seems a bit short-sighted. Um, I know, for me, I've got lots of areas of my life. I've got my personal life, I've got my hobbies and my uh, things that I love to do, uh, relationships. Um, I've also got my work, and I've got my writing, and I've got my photography. I've got all kinds of different things that I try to juggle. I don't give up everything just to focus on one. I don't stop working and just focus on my personal life. I don't stop uh, focusing on my personal life and just work, focus on work. The idea that one can absolutely detract from the other, sure, it's a, it's a juggling act, but it doesn't mean you can't accomplish both. So what are the bad, I, what are the bad aspects or the, the drawbacks, as well as the cons, uh, the upsides, of a kind of more isolationist policy? Of course, you know what, especially now, more than ever, when you have um, a pandemic going on, when we look at how even other countries are closing down borders and trying to take care of themselves first, looking at themselves as the number one option, the number one person or country or group of people that they're trying to take care of, that makes sense. Uh, it's our kind of natural uh, instinct, animalistic instinct, to take care of those things that are closest to us. But, first of all, if you close down the borders, you don't let anyone in, you don't bring anything in, you don't ship anything out. The idea that you could be totally isolationist, I think, is actually inaccurate. Um, I've had this debate with a lot of smart people uh, to try and see if there is actually a country that is even remotely close to self-sustaining, and I don't think there is. We're too deeply connected. So even if you wanted to completely close up shop and shutter, shutter the border, shutter the country from everyone else. I don't think it's actually feasibly possible. Secondly, uh, if you did that, then even if you could do it, the idea that you would close down the, the country or just even retract quite a bit, it doesn't mean that the problems that exist outside of your borders, just because you board up your house doesn't mean the storm stops coming. Doesn't mean everyone in the neighborhood stops, starts acting the way that you want them to. Quite the contrary. The storm might get tougher. And in that regard, it's eventually gonna to come to your doorstep. Those are gonna be problems that eventually you're going to have to face. Uh, a lot like both of the world wars. Eventually, all those fights are gonna be fights that everyone has to join together. And that actually leads me to another thing, which is some of these fights, uh, some of these problems and issues that we're trying to solve, such as global warming or climate change, pollution in general, those are not things you can do on your own. Yeah, you can try and make sure that your water, your air, and everything else is fine, uh, that it is clean, that you have everything that you need um, to reduce your own country's pollution to a great degree. But if there's other countries around you that are polluting the water, it's still going to affect the planet uh, in a way that you can't stop. So it's much better if we understand that we are in this together. There are things that we must resolve as a world 
as a planet, as a set of, as a uh, group of countries, not as individuals. Um, so then, what are the pros and cons of actually more a more connected, more open policy? Well. I remember years ago when I was actually in Istanbul, uh, I was having a drink with a young woman and we started talking about American uh, you know, foreign relations. And she said that America actually gets way too involved, uh, both politically, economically, militarily, with a lot of things that they shouldn't. And I just brought it down to the simplest kind of explanation that I could think of. And at the time, I was still relatively young, liked uh, going to bars and meeting lots of people. And so what I did is I said, imagine you're sitting in a bar uh, like this one and you're sitting here and uh, all of a sudden two people start fighting and one guy is a lot bigger than the other guy. You're bigger than both of them. And the one guy starts fighting and hitting the hell, uh, beating the hell out of the smaller individual. At what point do you stop? At what point do you intervene? Or do you just, you know what, those two guys are fighting, I don't know what it's about. Maybe, maybe one guy slept with another guy's wife, who, who knows. That's not my business to get involved with. Or do you stop it? Do you try and get them to talk it out? Do you just stop the physical violence because it's in your power to do so? It's a pretty, um, I would say, dumbed down analogy. Uh, when it comes to foreign relations, but I think it's an apt one because what I do think is there comes a time when if you're the biggest guy in the room and the room uh, has some victims and some villains, then you need to do your best, not necessarily to kick the hell out of the villains, but at least to stop the violence, to stop the madness and try and put things on the right path. Now, what's the worst that can happen in that situation? Well, you don't know who the guy is that you're stopping. You don't know how serious it's going to get. You don't know if he's got friends, if he's connected, or anything else. So you can get yourself involved. And as I talked about yesterday, what we call forever wars, you can get yourself into some pretty bad situations, even just politically and economically, when you start trying to put things on the right path. But what's the best thing that can happen? The best thing that can happen is that you save a life, or better yet a city, or better yet a country. You help tens, dozens, hundreds, thousands, millions of people along the way. I've had a lot of goals in my life. I still have a few fair amount. I've got a bucket list the size of my arm. But the one thing that I've always said, um, most of all, is that I want to leave this world a little bit better than I left it. That I want to make a little bit of a positive difference, to have a, uh, a net positive impact uh, on my, after my time here is done. And I think that we can take that idea and expand it out to a country. And that if you can save a life, if you can make a small bit of a difference, it's worth the risk. It absolutely is. Now, the question is, does the person whose life you saved want to be saved? Uh, does the country that you're going to get involved with, again, in whichever way you might think to get involved with, do they want you to get involved? Generally, I think a lot of people that the U.S. tries to help out and that a lot of countries try to help out, they, those citizens, those innocent people, they absolutely do want you to help. And to be honest, I think we probably don't help enough that uh, with as many people that actually ask for it and deserve it and need it. That being said, there's obviously a lot of people who say, we don't want you to come here. And that's how America has made a lot of enemies. 
uh, almost what we could call maybe forever enemies and how terrorists are born and bred um, because you get involved in something that, that uh, people didn't want you to get involved in in the first place. What I would say to that is generally, yes, uh, you don't want anyone to stick your nose into your family's business. But if you're hitting your kid, then it doesn't matter what you want. And yes, maybe your kid is worried about your dad leaving or your mom leaving or whoever else. And so uh, just leave us alone. We'll figure it out. It doesn't mean you need to kick the, take the family apart. You need to beat the crap out of the dad. It doesn't mean anything like that. What it means is that you need to help set people on the right path. And that kind of leads me to my last point is what should American foreign policy, what should the interventions, uh, what should America's behavior look like abroad? And I think the first and foremost, we need to understand that we need to lead by example. What do I mean by that? Well, one, we have to be better at home than other people are. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to talk exclusively about the United States of America and how I feel about that place, uh, and specifically my home in Texas. But I'll just say that we need to not solely focus, like I mentioned, on some of the issues at home, but we need to understand and openly talk about the problems that we have going on so that we can show the world the kind of country that you can be despite you have diverse opinions and ideas that a group of people as brilliantly different as those in America can come to an understanding um, about what's best and how to move forward. So I think we lead by example and we understand what common goals the world should and does have for each other. And we move forward in those directions, whether it's about climate change, whether it's about conflict resolution, um, border controls, who knows, all of those different things. Uh, trying to make sure that people across the world have the freedoms and the opportunities that so many people in, the Amer in America take for granted every day. Um, I've loved my time abroad and I continue to live abroad um, because of how many amazing people there are the world over. And because I believe the lessons that I've learned from my home country and my home state of Texas can make a difference out there in the world. And I think the U.S can make a difference, a great big difference in the future of humanity. So think about that, think about what I've said and whether you agree or disagree. And until tomorrow, I'm a Texan abroad.